Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and descuentos. Discounts. We are back from the internet. Nope, I'm going to do it right this time. The Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta. We are. Oh, yes, we are. We are. We drove... Minutes and minutes and minutes to get there and back. It's like 10 <laughs> miles. <laughs> and we camped for 11 nights. We talked about that last week. Completely off the grid. Completely off the grid. And we were really, really tired when we came home. Well, that is because we were having to get up at like four in the morning every single day to crew a balloon. Yeah, it was super, super fun, but also very, very tiring. And I've been sleeping a lot the last couple days. <laughs> Peggy is not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. So getting up 11 days in a row, like really early in the morning was harsh, but also kind of cool. What I did is because I went to Indiana two weeks ago or whatever it was now, I basically just kept getting up at the equivalent of six in Indiana, which is for our time. And so by the time Balloon Fiesta rolled around, I was... It was pretty ready, yeah. He was ready with those early mornings. I tried. I did try to get up earlier and earlier, but I still it was still a little shock to my body. (laughs) (laughs) But we did have a good time. We had fun with our friends Paul and Cindy and Linda and Diane and Elizabeth and Bill and our pilots and (laughs) it's just Oh, and Alicia and Scott were there. Alicia and Scott were there. And many, many others. I mean This, as we've said before, this is truly an RV event as much as a balloon event. It's just that the balloons are bigger and more full of hot air, depending (laughs) on whose RV it is. (laughs) But we did have a good time and we brought home a boondocker. Yes, we did. Well, this is not the first time that our buddy Bill, who went with us to Michigan, has stayed with us and we've had actually quite a few people stay with us and the way they do that is through boondockers welcome which is sort of a matchmaking service between people who have some land or somewhere where you can park a camper and people who are campers right people who want a night or two nights that are you know no hookups provided some Boondockers Welcome hosts do provide some kind of hookups, but it's not a guarantee. And so Boondockers Welcome, you need to have a self-contained RV and be able to be off the grid. And there are hundreds of places all across the country. thousands. Well, when you count Boondockers Welcome and Harvest Host, yeah, I don't know how it splits up. But yeah, there are thousands of places that you can stay. Some of them are just, I mean, we've stayed in so many Boondockers Welcome sites. Some of them are basically somebody's driveway. We've stayed at people's houses we've stayed in their ranches we've stayed kind of on the side of some businesses even yeah it's a variety but with boondockers welcome you pay an annual fee and then you basically get hooked up with all these places and you can make your reservations and there's no charge now there are some 
that may now offer things like water and or power or some additional amenities and then you can arrange with the host the owner of the property whatever to accommodate that Mm -hmm. but typically they are an off-grid boondocking site yep so they're all over the place and it's it's really a great way to save a tremendous amount of money on camping so we have a discount. Harvest Host and Boondockers Welcome are the same company. Right. And we have a discount for them on our deals and discounts page at stresslesscamping.com. That's right. That's the place to be for the discounts to see. <laughs> Zippity-dee. <laughs> Since we've welcomed a boondocker who's a friend, as or Tony two, said. Or three. Well, we have welcomed many, but Bill happens to be staying with us now. Bill of Michigan trip fame. <laughs> yeah, he was here for the balloon fiesta also. And yep. then afterwards, now it has become a tradition that he and Zappo stay with us, which we love. We love it. And today we did some stuff. And one of the things that we did, uh, we asked him to stop by... A, dealership yeah a vehicle dealership so we have had the same ram 1500 truck it's a 2015 for ooh seventy thousand miles something like that like that it now has 136,000 miles on it and it's starting to show signs of not liking to tow our trailer so much yeah so we did something today and we will have more information on that. But there are some clues in this episode. <laughs> so stay tuned. And next week we will share what we did. You know, assuming everything goes according to plan, which yeah. I don't see why it wouldn't. Not but, only are we just teasing you, but we haven't finalized the deal. So right. we don't want to say we've done something that we haven't finalized done yet. Said vehicle is not in our driveway yet. <laughs> But Tony did take that truck. I did. And he took it to Indiana without the travel trailer. Right. We did not bring the Rockwood. Well, okay. So I, it was a weird situation. Basically, a few weeks ago, my iCloud account got hacked, which gave them access to my credit cards. And, you know, these credit card companies are pretty darn good about replacing the cards. But the ones that had arrived by the time I was supposed to leave for Indiana had a restriction of travel on them, even though I travel for a living. Right. So I wasn't going to go to open house. And Peggy's like, just go get in the truck and go. And I did. He did. So he took the credit cards that he knew could work, that would still travel and hopped in the truck and took off for Indiana. Really, honestly, a spur of the moment. It truly he was. He was going, and then he wasn't going, and then he was going, and then he wasn't going. And I came home from a trip to California with my family, got home on Friday about 2 o'clock. And Friday at 5 o'clock, we had his truck packed, and he was on the road. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That was exactly. Originally, there were several variations of how I was going to get to Indiana. The first one was to rent a cargo van. And I had this crazy idea. We have so much camping gear. Right. I was just going to load it with camping gear. And instead of staying in hotels, I was going to like crash at truck stops or rest stops or, you know, that kind of thing. So I was going to use the van as both transportation and a camper. He's going to build his own class B. Yeah. With portable materials. That was going to be a low class B. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then because of the credit card thing, that didn't work out. So then I'm like, well, I'll go on Amtrak. And Amtrak was cheap. It was 225 round trip to Indiana from New Mexico. Well, technically to Chicago. You're right. Well, that was the problem. Going to Chicago, I then needed to rent a car and get a hotel room that night. And that's where things didn't work out. So then plan C was just get in the truck and go. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I got a ton of cash just in case. And vroom, off I went to Indiana. <laughs> it is about 1,400 miles. Yep, about that. Each way from New Mexico to Indiana. And it took me about two and a half days. And my hind end was a little tired of the interior of the truck, but it was all good. And so what we thought we would talk about today is how that travel, hotels, and just being in a passenger vehicle compares to RVing. And I even did a little spreadsheet and an article about it, which you can find at stresslesscamping.com. So we're going to talk about, I think we're going to talk a lot about the financial aspects of it, but also you know, the kind of pros and cons of different kinds of travel. Yeah. I mean, hello, it's called stressless camping. Obviously, we all know that camping is great, right? And traveling with our RV is great. I think that there are going to be some advantages to traveling without a travel trailer that we'll talk about, but also some disadvantages to that. That's the fact, Jack. So what is your first Okay, well, so I'm going to talk about the advantages of a car only. And the van, by the way, would have cost me 800 bucks for the week for the rental. And again, part of that was I wanted to test the whole travel by van type of thing, because we kind of have been kicking around the idea of having, obviously we love our Rockwood Mini Light 2205, but like a day's adventure type vehicle. Mm-hmm. So that has been something we've been looking at. And I thought, well, what better way to test it than to test it? Yeah. And so, of course, the real advantage of going by car is it's just less exhausting to drive without a trailer. Right? That's right. And I think that we kind of on average, I'm going to say on average over all of our whole year of travel or whatever, probably you can go twice as far when you're not towing because it, you, you slow down when you're towing, it's more exhausting. You need to take more breaks. If you're going to be setting up a camp, you can't really drive till bedtime and then try to set up your camp. I mean, you can, Uh, you can, but but we just don't like to travel that way. So on average, I'm going to say, We try to limit our travel days with the travel trailer to 300 miles. And if we're just taking a trip in a car, I I like to look at about 600 miles. We can do a little more. But on average, that's kind of the distances we like to go, 300 and 600. Yep. And that's about what I did. So I averaged probably about 600 miles a day. And also you can go faster when you're not towing. I did. And there were places where I was pushing 80 and that was the speed limit. With the travel trailer, but without it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm kidding. We average about, well, we try to stick to about 62 miles an hour when we're we're towing. Yeah, that seems to be where our present Ram 1500 is geared well in that it is still good power, but 
kind of sort of not the worst fuel economy. And and that's not really the average. I What I do when I'm planning is I average that we're going to make about 50 miles an hour because we maybe travel 62 miles an hour, but then we make a lot of stops. Yeah, we do. And you need to. It's really, it's tiring when you're towing. That's the fact, Jack. So here's the fuel calculation. A Ram 1500, when we're not towing, it has the V8 where it can actually shut off four of the eight cylinders. And so it does. And even up to about 75 miles an hour, it will do that under a very light load. So I was getting about 21 miles per gallon on this trip. I traveled 3,148 miles and I basically filled 149 gallons of gas. Now, had we had the trailer, I would have gotten about 11 miles per gallon. So figure double that. But my fuel cost total was $446.38. And figure that would have been $900? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely save gas money and you save time by traveling without a travel trailer. And it's also easier to get in and out of places and park. Well, yeah, there's that. You don't have to worry about even tandem spaces really are, you know, just two parking spaces like at a grocery store aren't quite enough for us anymore. When we have the mini light 1905 and the the, Nissan, Nissan, we can fit in two spaces easily, but we keep getting bigger trucks and bigger trailers. And and so we kind of need Either of those bigger spaces, those RV spaces. Or just take up a whole bunch of them. Or, yeah, we take up four spots. (laughs) Now, the disadvantages of traveling by car, which, again, for a lot of you, this is pretty obvious, but it was kind of neat. I did put a spreadsheet together. But food, first of all, you have to accommodate food some kind of how. Now, what I did is we have our bodega 12-volt. Well, we have two 12-volt coolers. We do. I have the Bodega, which is a smaller cooler. And then we have our Dometic, which is basically a a horizontal refrigerator. (laughs) It's really big. I brought the Bodega and I put some food in it. And it was kind of right there behind the front seats. So I guess in the back seat. (laughs) And when it was time for some munchies, I would just reach back and get some. And stuff like beef sticks, cheese sticks, apples, onion chips from Trader Joe's. My gosh. (laughs) If you haven't tried those. those. Oh, if you like onions. Ooh-wee. Those onion chips are good. Yeah. So that sort of stuff. So... A lot of kind of quickie foods that I had. So that was a lot of the lunches and even a lot of the breakfasts were those kind of quickie foods. So that was pretty convenient. There were some important food stops, though, that I did have to make along the way. The Big Texan Steakhouse. Which we stop at even when we're traveling with with our trailer. Yes, indeed. Well, the Big Texan also has an RV park, which is kind of cool. That's true. And a hotel. So and a hotel, no matter which is, what, you, they got you covered. <laughs> right. And that's one of the nights I stayed. One of the places I stayed, rather. And coincidentally, when we bought the Mini Light, we towed it home from Indiana. We didn't even have a mattress in it. Yeah, it was winterized, so we couldn't really use it. Right. And that was one of the places we stayed. And coincidentally, I stayed in the same room because there's a door, like the outside door. You're allowed to sign and such. And we put a stressless camping sticker on it, and it was still there. So that was pretty cool. That to was me. cool. 
Anyway, so Big Texan Steakhouse. I had to get the best fudge at Uranus Fudge Factory. Which we stop at even if we're traveling. Yeah, I love travel that place trailer. because it is just the 12-year-old's joke come true. Yeah. And, of course, I always, in Shipshawana, I had to go to Yoder's Meats and Cheeses. Which we also go to when we're traveling for the travel thing. trailer. In fact, <laughs> so the bodega cooler, it's got two compartments, and I can have them either be refrigerator or freezer compartments. And you could have two freezer, two refrigerator, one freezer, one fridge. You could have the big compartment be a freezer. You could have the little compartment be a freezer. So it's pretty flexible. So what I did is I loaded up a ton of beef sticks and smoked Gouda and other things I like from Yoder's Meats and Cheeses. And so that's how it got home. I also, of course... Had to stop at a couple of Cracker Barrel restaurants because, you know, Cracker Barrel. Yeah, which we don't actually do. Now, I know that some people use Cracker Barrel as a as a mooch docking or right. overnight spot. And that was one of my objectives. In fact, at one of the Cracker Barrels I stayed at, there were two ladies in a cargo trailer conversion mm. that were staying there. And I, of course, invaded their space <laughs> and bent their ear about how much I think cargo trailer conversions are cool. Yeah. Now, I will say we tried to cracker dock. Is that what they call it? <laughs> Barrel. Yeah. Cracker docking. No, boom. I don't Whatever. know. Anyway, uh, we did try to do that one time with the old mini light, our first mini light. And we picked the wrong one because it didn't ha- it barely had car parking, let alone yeah, RV was, parking. That particular one was not so great, but others that we've seen, it's been great. So yeah. anyway, that's the deal. Now, speaking of staying overnights, I will say, you know, basically I was a single dude traveling. I am a cheapskate. And I stayed, I mean, even fleas wouldn't stay in some of the places I stayed at. It was a lot of Motel 6s, that sort of stuff. In fact, when I was in Indiana, I found this place called Studio 6. And it was a Motel 6 that was kind of larger, but it had all the benefits of Motel 6, including curtains that don't completely cover the window, odd stains that You're like, I'm not going to sit there unless I put two towels, towels that I believe you could also sand paint off with. So they were pretty lousy. Still, my average cost per night was about a hundred bucks. So we don't have to tell you the comparison of that. Now, campsites are going to, I don't know if you're going to specifically talk about this, but we all know you can vary widely. You can stay for free at a Harvest Host or a Boondockers welcome site, or you can pay a hundred dollars for a RV resort. Right, but, but if you're doing- on average, you're probably not going to be paying a hundred dollars. You're going to be using your own towels. You're going to be sitting on your own stains. Oh gosh, <laughs> you're going to know. Right, you know, you're going to know what. Uh, what is it that somebody over the weekend said? Oh, stay in my own filth. filth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But, I mean, truthfully, the mattresses in these places, you know how there's like the backbreaker death wafers that come in most RVs? I think that what happens is RVers throw them away and give them to Motel 6. And they go to Motel 6. (laughs) And it's not just Motel 6. I, I stayed at a Red Roof. I stayed at, gosh, I stayed at a vintage motel on route 66 and it was it was kind of cool but 
man, they were short on maintenance. That's it's just, just not it. your, yeah, it's, it's not yeah. your comfort level. When you're in your RV, you know, again, you're used to what's there and it's your comfort level and you've made it your space. Yeah, I mean, again, we complain about the lousy shower heads that are in RVs and the lousy mattresses that are in RVs. But we can change those in our RVs. Yeah, and, and in a hotel that, room, they just it, leave them. Again, I know where they go to die, and it's these <laughs> hotels that I stayed at, these motels that I stayed at. And another thing, you know, I mentioned about the lousy curtains that don't block the light very well. I like it really dark to sleep. And, you know, one of the reasons we bought the house that we bought in New Mexico is we're in the smack middle of the desert. Yeah, and there's so no lights around dark. us at all. But one night at one of the motels, <laughs> sixes first of all when i was like going in the room all of a sudden this dude is right at the door and he's asking for money and i'm like no and i basically closed the door on him and then every like hour and a half or two hours he would knock on the door but he was doing that to everybody well somewhere in the middle of the night another guest starts screaming at him and just punched him oh wow i mean it was like he took him down so that's the kind of, again, you can stay at nice hotels. I mean, you can spend 250 a night, but I was not. I mean, you can spend 100 a night at these RV resorts, and then you don't get the creepy people, yeah. and you get spas and swimming pools and <laughs> right? all of that nice stuff. And then you don't have to take your, you know, like, here I am, I brought two weeks worth of clothes. So every night I had to either drag that giant suitcase in or I had to pick, you know, what I was going to wear the next day. So you're dragging stuff from your truck to the hotel room. It's just fiddly and a pain in the neck and not, in my opinion, a good experience. Not stressless. No, no, it really isn't. And you don't, I just didn't sleep well for like 10 days or whatever. I have a spreadsheet and there's an article about it that will be linked in the show notes of this podcast episode, which is number 225. But that was my experience. And I just think RVing is just so much better for so many reasons, including if you appreciate being able to cook your own food, mm -hmm. whether that be because of health reasons or just you're a heck of a cook or or whatever. It's financial too, because it's, it's expensive to eat a restaurant for every meal. Right. And one of the reasons that my food costs were relatively low at RV Open House is, by gosh, they put out a spread of food that, <laughs> man, oh man, it was. So when I, once I got to Indiana at RV Open House, I didn't have to go anywhere for food. There was monster breakfasts, monster lunches, monster dinners. They put out the spread for the dealers and I was fortunate enough to be among them and eat the food. So, and I mean, if you wanted, there's all the booze you can drink. Oh boy. There's like pretzel trucks and ice cream. And I mean, it, it's nuts how much food there is. So I thought this thing was about RVs. It was about, about RVs, but nobody <laughs> starved at this event. <laughs> That's the deal. I would have been even higher cost if I had had to buy food during that time. But you would have had to buy groceries, even if you were staying in the RV. You would have had to buy right. groceries. Not the same expense, but it's not like one was zero and one was very expensive. It right. was just kind of a different amount of money and spend in different ways. And, and some of the ways I saved money, none of these rat traps, I mean, uh, 
motels had any form of breakfast except one promised breakfast and it was literally like i think they made the coffee out of the sewage it was <laughs> horrible and i kind of really like good coffee like the worst coffee ever and then it was prepackaged, like still buns or whatever and that was breakfast and so i wrote him a lousy review because don't promise me breakfast because that ain't it. Yeah. So I did buy a little mug and instant oatmeal and some stuff to put in it. So, you know, I mean, again, nowadays, pretty much most hotels have a microwave in them. And they did. They all universally had a little fridge and a microwave and all that. So I did get breakfast that way. So basically, hotels, and it's just not a great experience, in my opinion. And again, yes, you can stay at really nice hotels, but it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. So what you save in fuel, you wind up paying in hotels anyway. So... Uh, Not that it levels out, but, you know, some things are higher, some things are lower. But I think just the overall experience. Yeah. Again, the neighbors in motel rooms, you can totally hear them doing whatever they're doing. And, you know, like you said, your mattress, your food, your Your shower, your toilet, your... Yeah, all of that stuff. And I believe there's, you know, some, even in tight campgrounds, you still have more space between you and the next people. Than you do in a hotel where your walls are touching. So that was my experience. And one of the ways you can really be far out, far out, (laughs) man, man. is to boondock. And again, we just mentioned boondockers welcome. Another way to boondock is if you have an awesome power package. We know some people. That's right. You can save a lot in camp fees if you don't have to pay for hookups right you know you've got water tanks that you can carry your own water you've got black and gray tanks so you can carry things away and if you've got a good solar system you don't really need hookups in an rv park no and as we said we have been off the grid for 10 days now now i will say if you do it purely by numbers you're like well how much can i save in rv camping by having a really nice solar and lithium battery system. It may not pencil out exactly. It depends on how much you camp and all of that. But I will say having a great solar and lithium system really opens up your number of choices with the balloon fiesta or with the boondocking we do. We don't really concern ourselves with Oh, we need hookups. It's just like, oh, there's a great spot that we can boondock or mooch dock and we can use the power package that we have in our RV and you can do the same thing. Our friends at ABC Upfitters are very happy to answer your questions about solar and lithium. They are really good people who use really good products. It's all Mastervolt components, which were tested on the seas. Literally, Mastervolt mm-hmm. has a very strong reputation in the marine industry and Frankly, the tolerance for failure when you're out on the ocean is pretty doggone low. Yeah, pretty low. If you want to get your questions answered or talk about solar and lithium systems, give ABC Upfitters a call at 574-293-9399. Again, 574-293-9399. Or, of course, you can look at the link on our show notes at stresslesscamping.com and click over to their website and see what they're up to. Again, great people to work with, honest, 
very knowledgeable, great support in English. Yeah. They're so good about that. And that's unusual in this field. We're big fans of ABC Upfitters, as all of you longtime listeners know. <laughs> Speaking of all charged up. Ooh, good segue. Thank you. We went to Meow Wolf today. And what that the is, heck is Meow Wolf? Yeah. Now, I don't know how many there are. I know there's at least two because there's one in Denver and there's one in Santa Fe, New Mexico. We didn't go to the Denver one. That would have been a long drive. True. <laughs> but we did go to Meow Wolf. And I think I said this last week when we were talking about the restaurants we had gone to with Paul and Cindy. You know, we sometimes will tell you a destination. We'll tell you all the things we know about that city. Well, we are learning Albuquerque and this kind of area of New Mexico so slowly that you're going to get a little piece of the area Every time we talk about it, I don't think we're ever going to do a full cover like this is everything to know about the area. No, because we keep learning. We and keep learning. It's yeah. It's pretty cool here in New Mexico. Yeah. So today we went to Meow Wolf and it's uh, hard to describe. That is the truth. It's kind of a really wild art gallery. Right. Yeah. It's an art, I guess, installation. Installation. With. Different rooms. How many rooms did they? I don't know like how to count them. Rooms I don't something? even know how to count them. There's like indoor forest and hallways to weird little corners and closets. Yeah, and you walk and through a light up rib cage of some made up creature. And if you like bonk the bones, it makes musical notes. So I mean, it's, it is it's truly wild. trippy. Yeah, it's very, very trippy. And what I didn't know is there's actually a story. And if you know that and you go in, so what we did was we went there with the intention of spending a couple of hours and that's what we did. If I hadn't realized what it was, that there was some kind of a mystery to solve and that I needed to look at every piece of paper on every table, I would have planned to spend eight hours there (laughs) because I love a good puzzle. Yeah. So I think that I wouldn't mind going back sometime and just kind of sitting down and really digging into all the clues and trying to solve this mystery. So that is what I'm going to tell you about it. You can go and just be tripped out for a couple of hours. Yeah, there's, I mean, the (laughs) art and the way these rooms, for lack of a better description, I mean, there is an old aristocrat trailer. Yeah, weird passages. Like one of the ways to get into a portion of Meow Wolf is through the fireplace of a house. And another way is through a refrigerator. And another way is through a dryer. Oh, that's right. That you slide, you go through the door and slide down. We didn't do that because I'm not sure I could fit through I the door of a dryer. I think they would have had to unplug it. <laughs> but it's just, it's a lot of fun and wackiness to just look at. But if you're into solving puzzles... Plan to spend some time there and really dig into all those clues and solve the puzzle. Yeah, and there's a CBD shop right across the street. So that's <laughs> just another way to experience Meow Wolf. Just in case. Because, man, it is a mind trip, yeah. I have to say. So fortunately, as New Mexico residents, I think we got like 10 bucks off or something I like think so, that. yeah. So it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I would, if you have any interest in puzzles and all of that, plan to spend a lot of time there. You go, it's staggered entries, so you have to make your reservation. Right. So if you do think you're going to be in Santa Fe or Denver, 
buy or your anywhere tickets. else. Yeah, that wherever they one, have I don't one. even know. Buy your tickets in advance. I would go early and just check it out. Now, we didn't go to the cannabis shop across the no, street. No, we did not. But what we did do is have lunch at Santa Fe Brewing Company. We did. And, and that is a nice experience. They've got some really great beers and they have like a sort of a permanent food truck situation going yeah, on. I wouldn't argue with and that. And so you walk up to a kind of a shack thing and they've got such good tacos. Yes. Oh my goodness, they're so good. And so that's what we did. First we went to lunch and then we went to Meow Wolf. Yep, had a beer and then went to Meow Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> we did not go to Kakawa drinking chocolate this time though. That's right, which we usually do. Because but, we but were we decided back. to get back and do that shopping we hinted about earlier. Shopping. Anyway, Meow Wolf is just I mean if you are curious about this at all, there's a ton of videos and it's just weird and weird in a good way and weird very in cool. a great way, yeah. And Bill actually won a prize. Yeah, there's like scavenger hunt and he found the first thing so he went back and said i found it and then they told him what to find next and he did win a prize so that was pretty Indeed. cool a while back we shared that we bought a Rectech 340 smoker and one of the reasons we bought it was that it folds up small enough to fit in the bed of our truck yeah but we've never taken it because for the, most the bed part. of our truck is always full of other things right <laughs> so i don't know if you all how long you've been listening and by the way we appreciate that you do but a while back we tested the Kurt aluminum tray style bike rack. Mm-hmm. And then somebody ran into the Kurt aluminum tray style bike rack when they <laughs> and then totaled our trailer. we didn't have a Kurt aluminum tray style bike rack. <laughs> right. So we bought kind of a stopgap bike rack from the local bike shop and we ended up liking it so little that we put our electric e-bikes in the bed of the truck. Right. We put chairs in the bike rack just for something to use it for. Right. And (laughs) then we bought another Kurt aluminum tray style bike rack last week. And so our bikes will go back there. So the bed of the truck will be open so I can bring the rec tech. And the point of that is I smoked a pork tenderloin this week, but I basically took that pork tenderloin. I smeared it with bacon maple jam that we got at a harvest harvest toast Mm -hmm. that we stayed at in Michigan. And then I wrapped it in green chili bacon. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. It really... It's so good. It really came out well. He accidentally... Well, not accidentally. He didn't need to, but he bought like two packages of tenderloins, so actually four hunks of meat. Yes. And... He was like, oh, this was way too much. But you know what? There's not too much meat because I'll eat it every day till it's gone. I mean, (laughs) It's only going to take like three days. It's pork wrapped (laughs) pork. So it's bacon wrapped. But I made a mistake in following the directions on the Rectech app, which said cook it at 375. So it was done very quickly. Right. Next time I do this, and believe me, I'm going to do it again. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it low and slow at like two and a quarter or so. Yeah. But boy, it really... I mean, It's so yummy. It takes minutes to get this thing ready. So basically what you do is you... Well, I smeared the maple bacon jam on and then i wrapped everything with bacon and you use toothpicks to hold them on you just put it on the smoker and let it go and then once it gets to about 140 you tent it let it go a little bit longer bing bang boom you have got a heck of a meal now i hope you didn't run and get a pen and try to write all that down because you don't need to there is 
the recipe all written out on our recipes page at stresslesscamping.com. Yeah, but what there's not is a lot of pictures because it was so good we didn't stop to take time. <laughs> yeah, there's like one picture. Although <laughs> I did take another picture today of the leftover that was cut. Someone asked to see what it looked like cut. So I did take a cut picture. Yep, our friend Maybe Adam. we better add that to the website before anybody notices. Probably a good idea. <laughs> we always have a gadget every week too and i want to just talk about these are the things that remember i was going to rent a van and use that as a class b minus b minus <laughs> or whatever low class, low class b, b. <laughs> but the things i was going to bring with me were the bodega 12 volt cooler which i did bring the U Green power station, which I did bring also. A U Green is a solar generator or portable power station. It's a 1200 watt unit, and I really like that thing. I was going to bring the Dometic Go portable hydration jug, and we usually have this with us anyway because we just put ice and water in it and have it in the back seat of the truck for drinking on the go. What I did is I, I like carbonated water, so I just bought a bunch of those carbonated waters and put those in the cooler. That Go portable hydration jug is kind of cool because it also has a pump. So we yeah. have the ice water, but I don't have to try and lift that gallon and a half or whatever it is. I can just put my cup under the pump and pump some water in. Yeah, it's a neat gadget. I was also going to bring our Ductstop portable induction cooker. That way I could heat up food uh, or I could boil water for coffee. But, you know, it's really good that you didn't do that because... I don't know if we ever talked about this, but we we decided that we didn't want a stove in our <laughs> sticks and bricks kitchen, so we only have the duck's top cooktop. <laughs> well, we intend to buy a second one, right. and we just haven't. I guess we would have bought one that week we if sure you had taken have. one with you. I wouldn't have been able to cook here. Yeah, that darn induction cooktop is so easy to use and so convenient that the gas stove has become kind of a pain so we literally took it and <laughs> stuck it in the garage another thing i would have brought would have been the camco portable toilet mm -hmm. because if i'm sleeping at truck stops or cracker barrels well you know when you gotta go you gotta go yeah you don't want to have so, to run into the building in the middle of the night especially well, if, if you're a cracker building barrel is closed, yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to be that guy when the police roll up and go oh, but i just had to go and of course uh, oh man i'm gonna go too far never mind you just, it's always good to have a toilet around, right? Right. And last but not least, folding cots, which we also own, and a small inflatable air mattresses. So I would have had, like I say, my low class B had I had the van, but I didn't. So I didn't. So I did what I did. It's nice to have all those gadgets handy so that in a time where we are going to, you know, maybe just take a one night away. And we right. don't want to tow the travel trailer. We're going to go somewhere with really small campsites or something. It'd be nice to just be able to throw that. So basically, it's all the supplies that I use for tent camping. But Tony doesn't like to tent camp. No, I don't like to sleep on the ground. I don't know why. I don't well, know we have the cot. Even in the right, even in the tent, true. you can put a cot. So that was why we bought the screen tent from Lippert and the sides, the solid side walls, yep. so that we can actually use that as a tent. So maybe Tony won't, but I might go tent camping sometime. Yeah, or you might take what we may be driving and use that. Or I'll rent a van and have a low class B. <laughs> yeah, down by the river. You know, it used to be... Having a van down by the river was an insult, and now it's a goal. Yeah. So speaking of RVs, do you have an RV or more than one this week? I do have. 
at RV Open House, there were, a, you know, as, as you know, a whole bunch of RVs there. And one of the ones that was there was a new product from Grand Design called the Serenova. And what this is, you know, we all know that the RV industry, R&D for them means rip off and duplicate. Ouch. Yeah. And the Serenova is a clear and blatant copy of the Intech Soul Dusk trailer. And I like Intech products quite a bit. I like the way they build them. It's a small independent company. They really do exceptional products. And it cheesed me off that Grand Design just blatantly ripped them off. And I think didn't even do as good a product as the Intech product. And so I was really hard on the Grand Design. It's the Grand Design Serenova. And I was not kind about that because... If you're a grand design, be grand and design something. Don't just <laughs> rip it off. And so, of course, I that was basically my review on RV Travel, is that you know, these guys just ripped off something. Well, then I saw the grand design Imagine AIM 15BH, which is a small single-axle travel trailer that is sort of part of the Imagine line. And I flippin' love this thing. And that was a grand design. So what this is, is it's a very small, under 20 foot travel trailer, single axle, typical grand design product, imagine, where it's a laminated side, but it's got an aluminum nose. It's got a, a surprising kitchen that spans the entire width of the front of the trailer. Big counter space and sink. There's a dinette. There's a pretty doggone good bathroom for a trailer this small. And then the one I saw, the 15BH, has a corner true queen bed, but it's got a drop-down bunk on top of it. So if you're like a single parent or you have kids that camp with you or whatever, this might be a great choice if you need something really small. And I just was impressed as heck with this thing. If Grand Design does not ultimately make the Serenova because it was a prototype, I don't think the world is going to be a worse place. But this Grand Design... Imagine 15BH. That is a neat little trailer in so many ways. I think they just knocked it out of the park with that. When they put their minds to it, they make some neat stuff. And that Grand Design Imagine AIM 15BH is a neat stuff. So sadly, some of us, well, not us, some of you have to winterize and stop camping for the year. And I'm really sorry to hear that. But if you do have to do it, we want to remind you that there is a guide and a podcast episode that can help you make sure that you do it right. Yeah, we had our buddy Adam who lives in Michigan, so he knows, and he went through winterizing steps, and we'll put a link to that, but it was podcast episode 71. It was a while ago. It was a while ago. Now, but it's still relevant. It is still relevant, and people have said, well, what if I winterize, and then I still get an opportunity, there's a great weekend, and I want to go camping. And so Tony, some time ago, wrote an article about being able to camp in your winterized RV. Yeah, you still can. There's an article that kind of details that. So in our show notes, there will be a link to that article so that you can look at that. So in case you have winterized or you've just about to winterize and then you come up with a great opportunity to run out and go camping, you don't have to necessarily de-winterize to do that. And a moment of silence for all those of you who are putting your campers away for the winter. I know. 
I'm so sad for you. <sighs> you should just come and join us in Quartzsite this year. Yeah, we will be there. I think January 20th through the 29th, something like that. It's on our website. That's the RV show. And then after that, we... We are going to have a gathering. We are going to have a gathering. And those dates are kind of not straight in my head. But anyway, whatever week the Quartzsite RV sports vacation and RV show is... The following week, we're going to have a gathering. Yeah, in the desert in Quartzsite. So it'll be a boondocking. So we'll start making some more plans and start talking about that a little bit more. But if you want to get out of that snow, plan to head on down to Arizona. Yeah, we will have camel rides. Last week, we asked our question of the week. What electrical appliances do you feel that you need in your RV? And a lot of you must not boondock very much because I got a lot of answers. <laughs> well, and I mean, let's be honest. I'm bringing a smoker with me, but I can run that off solar. I can run it off the Ugreen. So I, I can do it off the grid. But yeah, that's an electric appliance, technically. I do like that the very first answer was Shannon and she said none. But if we're plugged in, I love my Keurig and Instant Pot. Some other answers I'm just going to kind of go through. Electric griddle, coffee pot, Keurig, instant pot, compact air fryer, coffee pot, air fryer, sous vide pod. Yeah, man, someone's eating well. Yeah, coffee pot, crock pot, air fryer, sometimes a pizza oven, convection (laughs) toaster oven, electric skillet. Tiny waffle maker. Now, I will admit we have a tiny waffle maker for the house and one for the RV. So it always stays there. (laughs) Yeah, one of those was given to us by our friends at ABC Outfitters as a Christmas gift. Coffee pot, air fryer, hot pot for tea or hot chocolate, crock pot, coffee pot, coffee pot, microwave, hot pot, (laughs) fry pan, uh, you know, electric fry pan, dash burger maker, dash air fryer, Four times when I have shore power. That's good that you point that out. Although, you know, if you got a great solar system, sometimes you don't have to have shore power to run some of these things. I mean, we can run all this sort of stuff. Coffee maker, electric kettle, toaster, Keurig, Instant Pot, toaster, Keurig, electric kettle. Someone asked what the picture was in the question, and that was a Ninja Air Fryer. We did take that on a camping trip that was Christmas camping. Yes, we did. Where we were going to have hookups, and the picture is a turkey breast that I cooked in the air fryer. Yeah. So I'm not saying we've never done it. But I need, (laughs) I think uh, some of you should look at our recommendations for off-grid coffee makers and toasters. Right. Because you do not need electricity to make those things happen. Right. So, So just to finish out the answers, two more people, crock pot. Instant Pot, Tiny Electric Skillet, Mini Waffle Maker, Instant Pot, Mr. Coffee, and a Toaster. So that's a lot of electricity. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's fine. There's no wrong way to camp. That's all good. Boy, ain't that the truth. And like I said, we've taken the air fryer. I do keep a little waffle maker. We, of course, have a microwave built in. And and sometimes we use it. Yeah, (laughs) something that I noticed... More and more RVs seem to have the combination air fryer microwave oven instead of the terrible, 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 terrible 17-inch worthless burn maker oven. So I'm seeing fewer and fewer propane ovens and more and more of the convection air fryer microwaves. So I don't know. What do you think of that? 
as usual, you can weigh in with your answer at our fun and friendly Facebook group, Stressless Campers. That's right. Now, this week, we're not going to ask a specific new question. What we're going to do is remind you that Halloween is coming up. And we would like you to call if you've had any kind of creepy, spooky things happen to you while you were camping. Yeah, or you got a great camping ghost story. Ghost stories. Give us a call at 707-739-6661. You can leave a message there. Leave us a message and tell us your story so that we can use it for our Halloween episode that no one else wants to hear, but we like to record (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, well, whatever. We like it. You can also get that same information at our once a week email newsletter, which is absolutely free and it has links to the stories, videos, and podcasts that will help you get the most out of your RV experience. Just visit our website and you can sign up on any page under the hamburger menu at the contact us form and know that of course we only send one a week. We never share your information. We never give it away because that would be not stressless camping you'll find the show notes for this episode number 225 on the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com and you know what else you'll find at stresslesscamping.com is our deals and discounts page for the best deals on things that you'll need for your stressless camping adventure right and if you've got a great deal that needs to be shared like those water bags that we got last week those were fantastic and they gave a 10% discount to stresses camping listeners so let us know that's how we found out about those and I really like them and when you've found the recipes and you found the discounts and you found all those other things that you want to find at (laughs) stresslesscamping.com then you can jump off with all those little logos on the top right corner and go to Facebook or Instagram and all those other social places that you'll find us. Yeah, we're on threads and TikTok. And if you want to be in the social sphere, we will camp there with you. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free. It's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher, and we are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And of course, if you'd like to help us grow the number of stressless campers, don't forget to leave a review on whatever podcast tool you enjoy. Boy, does that help to spread the word, and boy, do we appreciate it. It does help. And you know what else helps is sharing. Sharing Sharing is is caring. caring. And if you find something that we have posted either on our website or on one of those social places, just hit the share button and tell your friends about it. Yeah, boy, that sure makes a difference also. And thank you to you who have done so. Well, that is what we have for you this week. We thank you for hanging out with us another week. And we look forward to speaking to you soon. And in the meantime, stressless camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! Now I will say we tried to cracker dock, is that what they call it? Barrel, yeah, cracker docking. No, boom, I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) 